0: Hey there, and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, your place for weekly sermons, church updates, and more. You're currently tuning into our weekly sermon cast, so grab a pen and notebook or get your notes app ready, and let's dive right into it. Good morning. I'm very glad to be in church today. Oh man, I'm excited about what God's doing all around the world. Thanks for being a missions driven church where we see people coming to Christ all over the world. And uh, it's because, again, of your generosity. If you're not giving to missions or life builders ministry, uh, start in today. Uh, Just give up a latte a week and you could give $5 to missions, and it would make such a difference around the world. And so it's so good to uh, listen to reports of what God is doing. And today, I know God wants to do something in your heart and in your life through the ministry of His Word. So if you have a Bible, here's where we are. We're in the book of Galatians. And so it's a book in the New Testament. We call it a book. But actually, again, it was a letter that was written. The Apostle Paul, who was pretty famous, in the New Testament writings, came along after the ascension of Jesus and the birth of the church. And he went around starting churches. And so he would just move into a community and get a few believers together. He usually had his posse with him, a group of believers alongside of him. And uh, they would start training people in the, in the uh, words of Jesus. And uh, there would be a church, And he'd stay there a while, and then he'd move on. But when he moved on, a lot of times he would write back. And this is an occasion where Paul had been in Galatia. There were Galatian believers, these were Gentile believers, because Paul, as an apostle, we learned week one, that's a sent one. Turn to the person next to you and say, sent one. It's a sent one. And so he believed he was sent not to Jewish people, which was his background, but to non-Jewish people, like probably about everybody here today. And so we are here today much to the credit of what Paul did in his ministry. And so he would write back and he would say, hey, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> straighten it up, uh, and, and, and it's what he does with this because what happened, we find out, and, and we learned this week one, he had other Jewish believers who came in behind him and said, hey, uh, Paul preached to you gospels, good news and everything, He accepted Jesus and all, and then there's one more thing, one more thing you've got to do. And it involves a surgery. So we'd like all the men to line up over here. And the ladies, you're you're over here. And and it threw the church into disarray and confusion. And so Paul writes back because he wants to correct some things. And so that's what we've learned over these last couple of weeks. And somebody give it up for Ashley last week on an incredible message yeah. that she gave as well in this, but today we're in Galatians 3, so we're in the third installment uh, of this study, and, and today we're going to look about at, at salvation, sin, and law, and really, bottom line, we're going to understand, my, here's my hope, here's my prayer, just say this up front, I pray that by the time you leave here today, by the time... Uh, you stop watching this, that you will understand grace. Understand God's grace. First of all, in regard to salvation, sin, and law, I'll write this down maybe. Salvation is a spiritual experience, it's a spiritual experience. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Uh, Here's how Paul says it. Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, that sounds like he's dissing these people, doesn't it, when we read that for for some of us. Like, you're calling me a fool? And um, you just have to understand, in this culture, they would use this kind of language to stress and emphasize strongly what was going on? And we know this because if you've read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know that John the Baptist came along and called a group of of Christians, we would call like uh, expert Christians in the law. They were Pharisees, teachers of the law, and he called them a bunch of snakes. Now, if that would have been, Ultra offensive; he would have been arrested and maybe killed on the spot. But they understood what he was saying. You know, okay, we call people snakes. We we do that, and we do that to be dramatic in our language. So Paul is doing that kind of thing here. Everybody understand? So so he's not slamming these people. He's just trying to get their attention. Let's, let's don't be foolish in the way we follow Jesus. So he says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? So he, he kind of goes a little further. I, I kind of like this language here. It's just kind of fun. That, and by the way, Bible's fun to read. And if you, if, maybe you need to read the New Living Translation uh, for a while. For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you'd seen a picture of his death on the cross. In other words, when I was there, I painted a picture of Jesus. And it was a very clear picture. You all should have understood exactly who is Jesus. And and here's what he says. So let me ask you this one question. Paul loved to ask questions just like Jesus did. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? And then he goes ahead and answers it. Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Now understand this. If receiving the Spirit was that pronounced... It must have been a moment. Okay. Some of you, I want to help you today. Matter of fact, I want to help you for the next couple of weeks to experience the Holy Spirit. Because you can and you should experience the Holy Spirit. Not, not just know about, but actually experience. And he, he says, now, did you get that because you went to Sunday school? Is that how that worked? No, of course not. It's because you believed the message you heard, you activated it. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, and oh, next week, we're gonna talk about this. Don't miss next week about living in the Spirit. It's so powerful. He says, now, now you're, you've got these new lives. How many, could I get, maybe just pause and get a witness, how many people here today would say, I got a new life when I came to Jesus. He changed me. He changed me. Yeah. Okay? Because that's what he does. That's what he does. So, so then he says, you started that way. Now, why are you trying to become perfect? See, because that's what religion does. Right. That's right. See, that's why some of you left church. Because you couldn't live up to it. You were like, oh, well, I'll never be able to do that. I try. You're kind of like, I try and I try and I try. But I can't live it. I can't live it. I can't. I goof up. I mess up week after week. And, and he says, you're going to do that by human effort? Have you experienced? Notice this. Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Notice this. He says you can experience God. You can experience... Salvation... Is a spiritual experience, and the word that Paul uses here, I just want to pull out one Greek word here. Everybody say "sarki." Okay, not like starsky and "hutch." Anybody remember that? But but okay, but "sarki" is flesh, and different translations translate this differently. But I want you to get understand this: flesh, and it's not just like your skin. It, it's your humanity. It, it's like you're in your weakness of, of who you are in your fallen state. And Paul, and, and he not only does this here, he does this in some of his other writings. He will very quickly draw a discrepancy between sarki and pneuma or, or flesh and spirit. And he says, well, what I want you to do is live over here. In the spirit, and we're going to learn this in the next couple weeks. How how if you live in the spirit, it, it changes you, and you can do this. You can do this. Matter of fact, turn to the person next to you. Turn to the one that you didn't turn to the last time, and just say, "Hey, you get in on this too, all right?" But but tell them, tell them, you can do this. You can do this. You can live in the spirit all right so so here's the thing paul says in our flesh we're all equal we're all equal at the foot of the cross we all need jesus can i get a witness today we all need Jesus in our lives. And so we bow at the cross because we're all equal there. Doesn't matter. Millionaire, billionaire, whoever, color, skin, sex, whatever. It doesn't matter what your background is. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. And then Jesus says, or Paul says, but through Jesus, you came alive. You really started living when Christ came in to your life. And in verse six, he says, in the same way, and that and he's gonna go way back to Abraham, and, and he's gonna show how his story is the same. Because this is before the law, and this is his point. Abraham believed God, okay? There weren't any 10 rules. There, there weren't 600 rules. There, there wasn't all this... Abraham just believed God. He believed God. And God counted him as righteous. How? Because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. Notice how many times Paul says faith here. In this section, God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, "All nations will be blessed through you and that's what he said back in Genesis he, he said, "All nations, not, not just Jewish people, but all nations will be blessed so all who put their what faith, faith in Christ share the same blessing. Abraham received because of his faith. Five times in these few verses, Paul talks about how important faith is. It's our faith that brings the experience of salvation into our lives. But then he's going to talk about the problem. And here's the problem the problem, how many know, is sin. Right? And sin separates us from God. And this is a problem because God wants to be your father. That's good news. He wants to be your father. Jesus said, just call him father. Just call him our father who's in heaven. Just refer to him in that way. He wants to be a father. So there's a problem, though. There's this sin problem and God's a holy God and and you can't get rid of all your sin on your own. So so here's where it gets difficult and and so God says, you know what? I'm coming down there. (laughs) That's what we'll celebrate at Christmas. I'm just gonna come myself and I'm gonna eradicate this sin problem in your life for all time. I'm gonna completely do away with it. And so that's why accepting Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is so huge. Because either he pays for your sin or you pay for your sin. And there's a place for you to pay your own sin. It's called hell. But for those who let Jesus, how many are thankful for Jesus, to pay for your sin? You get to go to heaven. You don't deserve it, but He paid the way for you. And then in verse 10, He says, For all who rely on works, okay, I'm gonna go to church more, I, I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna give some money to the church or whatever. Yeah rely on works of the law, they're under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written, okay? Because it's not like, hey, I do pretty good with eight out of 10 of those commandments. (laughs) No, there's 10, And and he says, the scripture says, if you mess up on one, you mess up on all of them. You you blew it. So clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by what? Faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, here's what it says. The person who does these things will live by them. You got to do it and do it perfect. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hung on a pole or some versions on a tree. He redeemed us, bought us back in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. How, How are we gonna get it? Through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we may receive the promise of the Spirit, so that we can be empowered, so that we can live in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. See, here's the problem in America. Many Americans believe in a 51% heaven, a 51% heaven. In other words, if my good outweighs my bad, I get in. 51%. If I'm just 51%, I think I'm going to make it in. I don't know about you, but I need 100% forgiveness. How many here? You want 100% Forgiveness, cleansing, washing, redeeming. I want every sin under the blood of Jesus. Only the blood can cover the multitude of sins. And so Paul says, that's what you get when you come to Jesus by faith. You, you start living in the spirit and all that stuff is covered up. And we'll get to that again in a moment. Now, verses 15 through 18, I'm not going to read that. It's just the inheritance is a promise. You don't get the inheritance because of the law. You get the inheritance because you have a relationship with God. See, it's a relationship is why you're in the will. That's the reason why you're you're getting in on it is because you have a relationship with God. But look at verse 19. He says, why then was the law given? Now, why did God do that? You know, if God knew, think about this. Have you ever thought this? If God knew we can't do 10, (laughs) you know, why did he have 10? (laughs) Why did he even... List them. Why, why did they even give them to us? If the law can't cure, then why, he says in verse 19, was it given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. It was designed to just last until Jesus came and eradicated the, the law by fulfilling the law in himself and doing for us what we could not do in ourselves. In other words, here's what the law did. The law showed you just how jacked up you are. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> See, and, and, and so the law shows us that, and he says what it does is was like, and one word that he uses is he uses prisoners. We were like prisoners to the law, enslaved to the law. You know, sexual trafficking across our world is a terrible thing. So there's more people sl- enslaved today than ever in the history of the planet. That really shocked me when I saw the sound of freedom recently. And uh, I just want to stop and just say that we don't just pray for those in sexual slavery in this church. Over the last few years, you and I together through this church, we have given over $70,000 to help free women and children. I wish somebody'd make some noise about that because that's pretty, pretty awesome. Okay, verse 24, here's what Paul goes on to say. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. So in other words, now, now we don't have to, have to do that. He says, let me, in verse 24, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Here, here's the thing. Being a Christian The law leads us to God. When we, let me say it this way. God, God doesn't, let me me say it how I wrote it down. Let me say, God doesn't want you going to you. He wants you going to him. And see, if you could just get a copy of the 10 commandments and say, okay, got it. And I'll just say this today, and maybe we'll preach on this one time. Probably the one you break the most is the Sabbath one, because you're an American. And you can work 24 7, and you can just be busy all the time. And the reason why many of us are so stressed out is because we don't obey that commandment, the Sabbath, let alone the other nine. And so he says, he says that. When you go to him, what happens is the spirit gets released. And again, we're going to talk about this for the next couple weeks. The spirit gets released on the inside, and you really come alive in Jesus. So we used to sing a song. A matter of fact, it was the choir that sang a song. Everybody remember choirs? Uh, and so uh, we, the choir in our, my church used to sing, I just began to live. I just began to live. When God's amazing grace came in, I just began to live. All things are passed away and I have a brighter day. My name's recorded up above. I just began to live. How many you just began to live when Jesus came in, right? That's when it really, so, so what he's saying is, it's not learned behavior. See, some people go to church and, they, oh, <laughs> I need to straighten it up. Church is good for me because mm, I try to straighten it up, you know? And Paul says, No, you are way too jacked up for that. (laughs) You're foolish to believe that. He says, God's not into information, He's into transformation. And that's way better. Because if you just let the Holy Spirit get to working on you, he would begin changing you, transforming you, making you new. Because what he does is he changes you. How many know? From the inside out. The inside out. And it's so exciting. I'm so excited for somebody today to get started on that journey. I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a few moments, to get started on it, to just let God start working in your life. And, and, and you say, well, what's that look like? I, it, it's just good. It's just good because God is so good. And he begins working on the inside, not that you would know something by the time today's over, but that you would experience something by the time today is over. See, in Galatians 3, 4, Paul talked about how that, you know, we, we got to allow this experience to happen. And he says, did, did you, is that how it happened? You, you did the law, and, and that's how you got in line? That's how God started working in your life? Let me tell you something. Some of you have been to that kind of church, some of you maybe grew into, grew up in that kind of church, you know, where where the preacher's job. This is not my job, but but the imagery was that the preacher's job is you go to church and then he says, hmm, "Stop it! Stop it! What you did yesterday? Stop it! What you did a couple days ago? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" Stop it. And that was the sermon, right? And you went home, okay. Oh, like you've been beat up, you know. And All right, let's see if I can do better this week. Because I didn't do very good. It was obvious he knew it, you know. He, he must have talked to my mother or something, you know. And, and, and let me tell you something. That's not the gospel. The gospel is good news. And the good news is you came in today sinful, heavy laden, burden, But Jesus said, I have come to give you rest. I have come to give you life and life to the full. I have come to give you grace beyond any grace that you have ever received before. He said to the woman at the well, honey, if you knew what I have to offer, you'd want in on it. And that's what you would want today is that gospel of peace. So I wanna spend a few moments just taking some words from Rick Warren, who just recently retired from an incredible church out in Southern California that I got the privilege to visit. I actually got the privilege to have Rick Warren pray over me before we launched this church. And so I, I just wanna use his words, borrow an acrostic because uh, I don't know if Rick can preach without an acrostic. I don't know. He he is like a master. Is that an acrosticizer? I don't know what that is. Okay. I should have looked that up before I got up here. But anyway, he he just can do acrostics like nobody's business. So let me give you this acrostic that he came up with. I'll give him credit for it. It is the first thing that is, is a free gift. Okay, the G, a gift. Everybody say gift. Yes. It's a gift because in, in verse six through nine, he talked about how Abraham just believed God. And, and, and the scripture says, and, and through Abraham, all nations would be blessed. So you didn't have to be Jewish. You just all could be Blessed. And Scripture foresaw that so that all those nations could be blessed. And verse 90 says, so you rely on faith. How many are relying on faith today? How many know, you know this already. Some of you, I hope to convince you before we're done. But but you know, if I get to heaven, it'll be on faith. It it won't be on how perfect I lived. It won't be how every day I just always did the right thing and never gossiped, never never said anything bad about anyone. Matter of fact, never had an evil thought toward another person. Because Jesus said, you know, if you have the thought, it's just as bad as if you did it. Anybody remember that when he said that? And, And so... You know, and I know, only hope for me, for you, is faith. Faith in God alone. And and here's the thing that Paul says. Paul says what happened is we just believed it, and then God declared it. God declared it. So it wasn't I declared it. He declared it. And today, God wants to declare over somebody that you think you're too bad, too ornery, too sinful, too whatever, for God to be able to forgive you, I want you to know that your sin is not enough. His grace is more than enough to cover all of your sin. It's a good news. It's a good news. So, so we become children, he talks about, which means we're adopted. We're adopted in. We're a chosen one. Chosen by God and given life. Here's the R. It's received by faith. Received by faith. Christianity is not just a belief system, okay, where we just come together. Let, let's all try to believe this. Let's all kind of get our minds around this. No, it's not just belief. There's many people who believe. As a matter of fact, the Bible says demons believe. The devil believes. You better believe the devil believes. It's not just belief. It's faith. And another word for faith is trust. Trust. I trust him with my life. See, because that's what Abraham did. Abraham trusted God. In verse nine, it it talks about the faith of Abraham. And and when you think about it, I don't know if you know the story of Abraham, but Abraham, he he trusted God so much, he trusted him with his very son, which was a perfect imagery uh, of God and his son, Jesus, that, that he would trust his son for us, that, that he would give his son for us and Abraham was willing to do that. I don't know if you've ever had this happen as a parent but where you understand a little bit uh, of God because one time we, we were struggling, Alexis, our daughter, was kind of having some issues and we, we had one diagnosis, oh, maybe she's kind of asthmatic or whatever or you know it's allergies or whatever so we went to this allergy doctor and, and so Alexis had to sit on my lap and face me with, with no shirt on, and she's just a little girl, and I held her while they poked her in the back with these different pokers that, that would say, okay, is that, this one's for grass. Anybody know what I'm talking about, a few of you? And I got the privilege <laughs> <laughs> of holding my little girl While somebody's poking her. And it's just a little, just just a little. Because tears were in my eyes. I felt like the worst dad in the world. And it was horrible. It was nothing to compare with what the father felt when his son died on the cross, took nails in his hands and in his feet because of me and because of you. See, I knew it was, I, I believed it was for her good that I was doing that. That's the only reason why I could do it. And, and the father said, it's for their good. It's the only reason why I can stay up here. It's the only reason why I can't send about 49,000 angels right now to just kick some butt. (laughs) Come on, somebody. We're the dads in the house, right? But but God said no. And, And so when you experience God, you experience the love of God. Let me move on. A is available to everyone. When we started this church 23 years ago in the movie theater, we said, we're going to be a come as you are church. we just, just wear whatever, just wear something. Come on, somebody, <laughs> right? Wear something, but, but it doesn't matter what it is. Just, just come. And, and the thing is, I want somebody to know you are welcome here. Crossroads Church is not a Christian country club. We are a Christian or God-fearing, God-anointed hospital for this community. (laughs) Bring your sick, bring your hurt, bring your heartache, bring your sin, bring whatever it is. It's welcome. It's welcome here. All can come, he said in verse eight. And then the sea is Christ alone, Christ alone. See, and, and it, we live in a culture where acceptance is everything. And I wanna say this, I accept everyone, I just don't agree with everyone, okay? And, and, and here's the problem, some people want you to agree with them. They, they want the church to agree with everything. And listen, we accept everything. We accept everyone. But we can't agree on everything. Because here's here's what we as believers agree with. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one way to heaven, one way way one way to heaven his name is jesus okay jesus i hope that's clear and and some people say oh that's so narrow jesus said it'd be narrow he said, it's narrow but but that way it's simple it's not confusing because, you know, if there's four or five way have you ever asked for directions? And somebody said, which you probably don't anymore because you have a GPS. But back in the day, we used to ask people for directions. And somebody said, well, you could go down here and turn left and turn right and then turn left and turn. Or <laughs> you could go, and I'm like, just tell me the way. You know, just a way would be good. You know, I don't, no, I'm only going there once. <laughs> and, and so here's the thing. No one else has done what Jesus did for you. See, that's what makes it different. Because Confucius didn't die for you. See, Buddha didn't die for you. Nobody else died for you. But even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. Skip on down to verse twenty-two, but the scriptures declare we're here's that word all prisoners of sin, so we might we could receive God's promise of freedom only, only everybody say only, only only by believing in Jesus Christ. And listen here, here's what he says in verse thirty-nine or twenty-nine. Now you belong to Christ; you're true children of Abraham. And if you're children, then you're heirs. And God's promise that Abraham belongs to you. The last E is eternal. It's eternal. It's eternal. In other words, I'm going to heaven and I don't have to worry about, I hope I did enough. I hope I did enough, because I don't know. At Easter, I drew a curve up here, and I said, I don't want to be graded on the curve. (laughs) I don't want it to be subjective. I don't want it to be up for opinion. I want it to be certain that I'm going to heaven, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. And the reason I know is because it's not based on me. It's based on him. So all glory, honor, and praise doesn't go to me. It all goes to him. I want to illustrate that. Come up here, somebody. Yeah. And I need a female, one of you on the second row there. Come on up. See, now you know why you sit down close so you can get in on the, on the message here. Stand right here and you come over here. All right, I want to introduce you today. I'm going to change your names for a moment, all right? To truth, okay? Truth and grace, all right? Truth and grace, And here's what truth does. Hold that out there. Don't blind anybody, all right? But uh, truth shines a light. Don't we all say, I hope that comes to light one day. Hmm. We want that for them, don't we? We don't want it for us. But we want that light to shine on them, you know? And uh, we say, you know, I, I think one day the truth will come out, right? And that's what truth does. See, truth says you're a sinner. Truth says you you lie. Truth says you you were watching some things this week you shouldn't have been watching. Truth says you know you, you don't always act the way you ought to act if you're a true believer. Truth says you don't always have the right attitude in your life. That's what truth does. But aren't you glad I want to introduce you to somebody today? Walk over here with me. To grace. What grace does is it covers the truth. It I said it covers the truth. It covers the truth. The truth is you don't deserve to go to heaven. The truth is you have earned the right to go to hell forever. But God, in his grace and mercy, came along and said, no, 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 no. I'm going to cover that. I'm going to cover it. I'm going to cover it. It's not, I can't even see it anymore. I can't even see what it's like. He said, I'm going to remove your sins as far as the east is from the west. So far have I removed your transgressions from you. How many know today? Today what it feels like to be redeemed, to be purchased, to be free, to be saved, to be clean, to be on your way to heaven. That if you were to drop dead today, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt you would go to heaven. If you believe that, get your hands in the air right now. Somebody give him praise. Thanks, guys. Oh, I feel like I've been to church. I don't know about you. I hope you understand grace. Here's here's what I want today. Two people. There's two people here. Two people online. One, you know what grace is. You've met grace. Now you need to introduce more people to grace because if grace had come in their house, that house would be changed. If grace got introduced to that couple, they'd never be the same again. If if your boss met grace, they'd be changed forever. There's others of you, you need to meet grace. You need to meet grace. Let's pray. Father, help us today to be agents of grace as a church, to take the true gospel of Jesus where all glory and praise goes to God for who he is. Help us to be carriers. Maybe you're here today. And you'd say, oh, Craig, I want to be a better carrier of grace. I want everybody in my neighborhood. I want everybody at my school. I want everybody in my family. I I want everybody around. I want to be an agent of grace myself. I want to introduce people to grace, that grace has come. If that's your prayer, if that's your desire, would you just raise a hand all over this room right now? Yeah, yeah, God, use me, used me as an agent of grace. God today, use us. Use us as agents of grace. Use us, Lord. Maybe there's others here today that you need the grace yourself because you know you don't need me to tell you. You don't need some preacher to point his finger at you. You're already pointing the finger to yourself. You know you need God's help today. If you're here this morning, there's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you're watching this. It's because the God of grace, no, the God of all grace wants to come into your life today in the power of his spirit and all you need to do is just believe just trust him with your life today and he'll come in and be a father to you he'll change your life forever If you need grace in your life, will you just extend a hand toward heaven right now and say, yes, that's me. I need God's grace in my life. I need his grace. Online, just type the word decided in the chat. The word decided. And we're going to be praying for you, believing God for you as well. As a matter of fact, I want everybody to pray this prayer after me. Come on, everybody pray this. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me I believe through his death he paid for all my sin so that I can be forgiven so today I receive Jesus in his grace and mercy to cover all my sin change me from the inside out I surrender all to you In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church family. Let's praise the Lord for those who made a commitment today in person, online. Listen, here's some words that you can can follow up. You can take a next step. It's so important to take a next step in your life, and we want to help you to do that. And so maybe it's baptism, which is coming up in just two weeks. We're going to have baptism service. There's already a bunch of people signed up for that in person you can even do beyond just texting you can just walk across the hall over here to a next steps room and one of our elders would be glad to talk to you about baptism small groups whatever we're going to have small groups sign up again in another couple of weeks as well if you're not in a life group you're missing out on seeing god's grace at work in your friends in in a circle of people and we want to help you to do that as well. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come down here to the front. Everybody else stand. Let's all stand together. Get ready to sing a closing song of worship unto the Lord. If you need prayer for any reason and you want somebody to pray with you, to pray for you before you leave today, come on down. Let somebody pray with you and pray for you. Father, We thank you for the amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, oh, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Thank you, Lord, that we can see today because of your grace and mercy in our lives. Help us to show that grace to others. Holy Spirit, draw every person down for prayer that needs it today, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.